Salutation, Starlights, and Ave Babylon. Please receive my very warm welcome to this show, Babylon Rising, a queer podcast about liberatory magic, art, and the occult. Hello, hello, hi, welcome to 2020, welcome to Babylon Rising, welcome, welcome, okay? I am so glad to be back talking with you, making podcast episodes. I can remember at the start of 2019, I had really big plans for what this show would be, and I don't quite feel like I've met that yet, so I think 2020 plans in terms of how the podcast is going, it's going to be just me more trying to reach those goals that I've had um, since 2019, but nevertheless, the show is not ending. I had to take a long break because... Um, I'm dealing with some real-world problems that need my immediate attention uh, that keep me really busy and don't allow me a lot of time and space to focus on the show, um, which is such a tragedy. Um, The only reason this podcast is going up now and not after all of these issues have been solved is mainly because um, over the course of this period where mostly the issue has been moving and looking for a place... um, Mostly the issue is I don't really have enough time and focus to put towards writing, um, but I've been writing little bits and pieces when I can, um, and it just so happens I wrote something worth recording, surprisingly, and so that's what we're going to be going over today. Um, I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. I'm really excited to continue on into 2020 where we um, meet our goals or we work very hard to meet them at some point in time. Um, that's all I have to say. Actually, that's not all I have to say before the episode starts. Um, what I will say is that please excuse any odd noises you may hear. This time it's not just my clinking, clanking jewelry, because you know I've got a bad habit of recording while I'm wearing like a lot of jewelry. It's actually ridiculous. Um, but no, no, that's not what you have to be, um, listening out for in this episode. Really, there's just a lot of people around, there's a lot of noising around, um, you're just gonna have to live with that, as am I. You know, we're we're both going to have to live with that. Um, and I'm very sorry. I'm trying to keep things um, as listenable as possible, but there are just some things that I cannot control. So keep that in mind. Bear that in mind. But I am excited to get into this episode. Um, yeah. So, necromancy is gonna be the focus of this episode, in case you couldn't tell by the title, um, and I'm very, very excited to speak to you about it. However, I will be speaking very frankly about death and dying, and if you're not in the right frame of mind for such a discussion, please feel free to skip this episode. I think that this was my very first content warning for this show. In the whole history of Babylon Rising, I've never done a content warning before, which is insanity. I don't know how I've never ne- have never uh, done that before. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. When I think about older episodes and how the process of making those went, I just can't conceptualize it. It's just a different time and space, and I just can't imagine what was going through my mind when I made those things, because it's more than just, you know, the conversation that I have on air. Um, a lot goes into it, right? And I can't even imagine it. I can't even remember it. <laughs> Anyways... I've been told before that the way I discuss a death can be very disturbing, although I do suspect that that has more to do with people being uncomfortable with death rather than my style of discussion in particular. 
either way, I figured for the very first time, I want to cover my bases. <laughs> so now that I've gotten that little content warning out of the way, um, necromancy. In case you didn't know, which I'm not sure how you could not know, I mean, I guess I can see it. In case you didn't know, either way, necromancy refers to magic concerning communication with and or commanding of the dead. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, I may touch on things that are more related to the death current. Um, and the death current is sort of a more general term describing magical rituals and spells um, that involve more ancestor work or graveyard workings or deities of death like any sort of death working you can do uh, would most likely fall under the death current necromancy falls under the death current but it's specifically communication and or commanding of the dead i first began personally a deeper interest in necromancy when i started getting into ancestor work for for example um i'm a very deep like, generally speaking, I have a very deep and, at times, unhealthy obsession with death that goes back to my childhood and has been a part of my practice since the beginning, if I'm being honest. But recently, I've decided to do that more intentionally. Um, I'd like to more intentionally incorporate death magic into my spiritual practice. Of course, part of that obsession is that death is just really relevant when you're a marginalized person. When you're any person, really, but especially if you're marginalized. It can feel as if death's shadow is lurking over your shoulder in everything you do. Um, and I just have these thoughts in my head about, you know, the reality of the danger my loved ones could be in um, because of the kind of person they are, you know, that they have no control over. Uh, if it, whether it's their skin color or their gender or anything else, you know. We live in times of mass extinction, you know. We have climate catastrophe going on all around us, and there are so many very imminent threats to our lives, and I think it's important to face that reality. Uh, it's not going to be, like, there isn't going to be a rapture, you know? Father God is not going to sweep us up into the heavens with a loud shout. Aliens are not going to save us through some mass abduction. We're probably not going to wake up from this nightmare. <laughs> and maybe that stuff, that crazy stuff I mentioned, isn't impossible, but it is certainly improbable. And more than likely mass extinction and all of the injustice that is going on that is incredibly unsustainable, uh, that is killing us and our planet, um, more than likely that killing us part is going to be a slow and agonizing process, a withering away of life as we know it. And we, people will die along the way, right? That's just, that's just real. All of this is to say we're better off facing this reality of violence and death rather than just pretending that it's not there and that it's not a, not a possibility and that it could never happen to us. Because it could happen to us. It could happen to me and it could happen to you. That's just the reality of life, you know? And of course, it's possible to accept that death and especially unjust death is a part of our lives the way we live them today and 
we can still try to live our lives with dignity in the face of that truth. And we can try to make make meaningfulness and make our own joy amidst all of this, you know? Of course, not that nobody has ever figured that out before. Lots of people have thought about this who are much smarter than me. Um, but my point is that as, like, occultists and witches and as healers specifically, we can take advantage of our magic to help us and our community with this process. I know that in terms of, like, African traditional religions in the Americas, where I'm from, I'm from the Americas, and also on the continent itself, after the tragedy of the transatlantic slave trade and the further subjugation of Black people in the Americas, African traditional religions here have a much more intense focus on ancestors and ancestor workings, and I think that's kind of beautiful that this spiritual practice grew and changed to give people what they needed and still need today. I think that's the greatest benefit of necromancy to us, that when we speak to the dead, it can be a soothing balm over the uncertainty and the reality of death. Now, I would like to speak more specifically of what a necromantic practice consists of. One common necromantic practice is obviously of spirit communication. Um, specifically communication with the spirits of the dead, by the way, in case that wasn't clear. Of course, there are many methods of spirit communication. Honestly, any divination tool will do, uh, but some people also use their own psychic or mediumship abilities. I personally am not very skilled at such a, at such a practice, and so I mainly use tools of divination like tarot cards, um, oracle cards, um, pendulums, um, reading tea leaves, reading candle wax, scrying, etc, etc. There are many forms of divination out there, and I might do an episode all about divination now that I think about it, but this is the necromancy series, okay? Oh, did I spoil it? This is going to be a several-part series. Woo! <laughs> um, anyways, as I was saying, there are many forms of divination you can use for the purposes of spirit communication. Um, and I did name a few just now. Um, personally, my go-to method is, generally speaking, a pendulum. All you've got to do is, you know, pull out a pendulum or pendulum-like object, which would just be any weighted object on a string or cord or chain that can swing back and forth. You know what a pendulum is, gosh dang it. Um, anyways, get a pendulum or pendulum-like object and simply ask aloud for any dead who wish to speak to swing the pendulum in one way for yes and in another way for no, and then ask them to show you. Say, show me, yes, and then that's yes, and then show me, no, and then that's no, and then you can make up a maybe or whatever, you know, you communicate with the spirit about that. Um, anyways, or I guess moving on, I want to say that this works for ancestor worship or communication, um, or with any other dead you may be planning a phone call to the afterlife with. Contacting the spirits of the dead can be as easy or as complex or as you'd like it to be. I think it's important to have an underlying foundation of belief about, at the very least, 
what spirits are and develop your beliefs further from there. I'm going to call it, get ready for this, it's going to knock your socks off, a paradigm of death. Okay? Okay. That was brilliant. I'm sure I did, I'm not the first person to say that, but I have spoken about the idea that a magical paradigm is paramount in magic in the episode titled Altered States, Magical Thinking, and Magic, which is a very important lesson um, lesson. Like, I'm a teacher. It's a very important episode of the show to listen to if you want to do good, great magic. All right, it's a great episode. Maybe I don't sound as good as I would like, but that's more like my personal opinion of the episode. Either way, the information I'm going over is, like, very important, okay? So listen to that if you're, like, a little bit confused, but either way, if you dive in to necromancy without any personal understanding of the weight and power of such a practice, you're putting yourself at risk of, you know, a lot of things, including the magician's curse, which is obsession. Darker types of magic can actually be dangerous and have a negative effect on you, and having a clear magical paradigm of death is a lot of things, including a safety precaution. It kind of behaves like a magical boundary in this case. Um, also, if you're planning on communicating with the dead, then please make sure to have perfected to the best of your ability your own protection or banishing magic, because once you start speaking to the dead, more dead will likely be attracted to you. Um, and even though it's unlikely you'll attract anything malicious, it's still best to be safe for your own peace of mind. Plus, are you really interested in random spirits bothering you anytime they feel like it? Mm, I don't know about that. That's for you to decide. But being dead doesn't necessarily make you a considerate person, and spirits can be assholes when they want to be. <laughs> That's just the reality of the situation. Um, it's also important to have a great cleansing ritual for that same reason, whether that's just like... Um, that incorporates an actual shower or bath or like whatever way you do that, have it worked out. You know, these are sort of, necromancy is like, I wouldn't call it beginner level magic because you kind of have to have a strong foundation in the first place, you know? Anyways, I think one last necromancy tip that might be fairly obvious, um, but I'm going to go over just a little bit anyways, is, is to call on deities you already work with to help you out whether it's to help you with your protection or to draw more dead to you or anything else you're planning on, calling on deities can be a big help and can just generally amplify the effectiveness of a working if that's what you feel like you need, if that's part of your paradigm. And if it is not, you can leave it behind. Or, I mean, if it's not with you in the first place, then what are you leaving behind? It's just not part of the, you know, the practice, right? Which is fine. It's just something to consider in case you haven't before. Communication with the dead can be so freeing. Depending on who you talk to and why you want to talk to them, it can be a very productive experience. In a personal descent into the underworld, amongst the withering bodies and lost souls, you will find golden treasures. <laughs> that was something silly I made up to say, and I'm glad I said it. I mean, but my point is that through deep personal exploration of death, 
we can have such meaningful revelations about life. And that's the gold. In case the metaphor was unclear, the gold is meaningful revelations about life, okay? And you can find that through a, a necromantic practice or exploring any aspect of the death current, to be honest. Um, that's also why, personally, the benefits of witchcraft like this outweighs any certainty of proof in the paranormal for me. Um, you know, as occultists, we have to be comfortable with the uncertainty. And the trick is coping with that uncertainty and also balancing our magical realities with the, you know, equal engagement with consensus reality because we don't want to lose our goddamn minds, alright? Um, don't go replacing all your real-life friends with spirits, okay? That's the warning, alright? Don't lose your mind. Maybe, okay, I'm gonna say something. And that is, I use that phrase a lot, like, don't lose your goddamn mind. And, like, I hope it's not offensive to anybody, but I'm being serious, you know? Like, if you become, you know, if you get the magician's curse, which is obsession, you become obsessed with magic and occultism, and it consumes your entire life, and you let everything else wither away so that you can devote yourself entirely to speaking to the dead, you're, you've lost your mind at that point, my friend. Like, you are so disconnected from consensus reality. How are you ever to expect to interact with it at that point? At that point, you've lost your mind, okay? Don't lose your mind doing magic, please. I don't want to lose mine, and I don't want you to lose yours. And so just be careful. Um, use in moderation. I'm going to say that, okay? Um, so... <laughs> I've said before, I'm trying to make death a more intentional part of my spiritual practice. So let's go over some of my experiences with that, okay? Shall we? Great. The first time I tried that, um, I wanted to try speaking to one of my ancestors. I didn't have anyone specific in mind, um, so I got myself a pendulum. I used a combination of my own weird, you know, psychic abilities, my tarot cards, and my pendulum. I combined them all together to create a hodgepodge method for divination, okay? Um, and I used this hodgepodge method to speak to an ancestor. I wanted to call one in particular forward, and I wanted to speak to them about my family. At that time in my life, there was a lot of tension going on. I was starting to feel the weight of so much family trauma, and not only from generations past, but just new things that we were doing to hurt each other that were just really weighing on me in particular. Um, you know, little did I know at the time that all of this tension I was feeling would explode and ruin a lot of relationships that were my foundational relationships, like gone uh, in a moment's notice. And I would eventually become estranged from these people that I had grown up with and whose presence in my life had helped me to be the person I am today for better or for worse, you know? It's just interesting considering to consider that that was the point in my life that led me to this ritual, you know? Um, as unhappy as it is to really delve into for me, I'm still working through a lot of that stuff. Um, anyways, I did this with a family member and friend who I really trusted uh, and who is psychic, um, more than me at least, 
uh, and I kept them on the phone so that I wouldn't be alone because other than that, no one was home and I lived just with my mom. So no one was home except for me. So, and I had a friend on the phone and I'm about to contact the spirits of the dead. All right. Um, so a number of odd things happened during that conversation. Um, and a few warnings and predictions were made, um, including a message to not practice any more spirit communication like this for a while. Um, what was asked of me was to stop with the spirit evocation for, like, the next six to seven months, and I would know around then when to resume communication. Like, something would happen, um, and I would know what it was, and then I would be allowed to, to communicate with them again, right? So, considering how well the session was going, like, and, and I'm not being sarcastic, it was going well. I was very pleased with how things were going. Can you hear that screaming in the background? Oh my goddess. Holy hell. Okay. Sorry about that. I got distracted. So, the session was going well. It was going well. Um, the lights were flickering. Um, my psychic friend and I said the same name at the, at the same time which really freaked me out because uh, the, the whole thing was like, the spirit was like, I'm not going to tell you. Like, I can't tell you. I can't remember if it was I'm not going to tell you or I can't tell you what my actual name is, but I'm going to tell you like my alias or whatever, or like the name I was given, whatever it was. Um, and then we stopped and then we both said the same name. And I was like, are you lying? Like, are you saying this to like play me? Like, are you playing my leg? And my friend was like, no, like, that's the name that I just, I just thought it and I said it, you know? And I like, oh, I'm getting chills now just talking about it. Anyways, I was very pleased with how things were going. I wasn't scared necessarily. I was very freaked out, but I was really pleased. And so to hear, like, basically no more of this really great experience until a really long while from then, I was like, absolutely not. How about no? And <laughs> it's funny, I said this out loud several, several times, more and more bitchy, by the way, because I was like, what? No, I don't want to do that. And nobody can make me do that. I could do whatever I want, actually. Um, and after that little, not so little disagreement, um, I cleaned everything up, I ended off the ritual, um, thinking everything was fine, because other than that, everything went really well. However, I very quickly realized I couldn't find my pendulum anywhere. Like, I very quickly realized this. The same pendulum I said I would use despite explicit instructions from my ancestor. I thought at first that was a coincidence, you know? Like, ah, uh, I did know. I know I put it back where it belongs, but like, it's probably just a coincidence that I lost the pendulum that I was told not to use and said I would use anyways. Um, but then... After it had been gone for, like, months, after two deep cleans and one moves, turning everything upside down looking for it, I think I just have no more words. I don't think that's a coincidence anymore. <laughs> like, retrospectively, you know? Like, there's no way for me to pretend that that was a coincidence anymore, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I don't understand, I still don't understand how exactly it could have just disappeared into thin air like that like my belongings vanishing into thin air with no explanation hasn't been a problem for me since I was a child and my things used to go missing constantly like with no trace like 
specifically my socks. I would wake up with one sock on and one sock completely gone and it, I just could not find it. The sock was just gone forever after that. And I would know every morning, like, because I would wake up and, like, one side of me would be cold. Disgusting. And, I don't know, the whole experience left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, I haven't gotten a new pendulum since this incident, mostly because I used to be very, very, really, really mad about it. I was very mad about it at the time and for quite a few months afterwards. And that's not even to mention that, like, a lot of the things that I left out, like, things I was warned about and that were predicted to me, did happen. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and from that experience, I've really learned how strongly ancestor spirits can influence your life if you let them, you know? And that can be true for other dead you let into your life as well, by the way. Also, I've left a lot out of that experience. You know, I mentioned a couple times that I've left a lot of stuff out, but, like, the stuff I left out for the sake of, like, other people involved, um, still give me, gave me, like, a really interesting perspective about my life and relationships at the time that really became invaluable and that I would say, like, without doubt helped me get through that very tense period of my life, if you know what I mean. I was struggling with a lot, and things got worse after that, but they also did kind of get better, and, you know, who knew the dead could teach us so much about living our lives, you know? I certainly had no clue whatsoever. This episode is kind of getting long. I mean, I know it's only 25 minutes, and there are podcasts that are, like, an hour and a half long, but, like, I am going to wrap this up because that's sort of all I wanted to say about necromancy specifically, you know? And there are other elements of, like, the death current that I want to go over and I want to give their own particular episode. So I'm going to wrap this up for now and we're going to make this a two-parter, okay? My first two-parter ever. Um, that's all I have to say for this episode. Um, it was such a pleasure speaking to you. I hope you enjoyed our time together. And if you want to get into contact with me in between episodes, linked in the description are always my podcast, or that's wrong, <laughs> my YouTube channel um, called Just Rhea, um, my Instagram called Rhea.Rising, and my Tumblr, which I believe is also called Rhea Rising, but it's Rhea-Rising.tumblr.com. Um... And my email, babylonrisingpodcast at gmail.com. So get into contact with me if you have anything to say about the topics I cover, if you have any requests, if you have any complaints, um, and if you have any criticism. But I am so excited for the next episode. I wonder what it will be about. Well, I mean, I know what it will be about. I just said it's going to be a two-parter. So this one was on necromancy, and we're going to continue the conversation, not about necromancy specifically, but um, more aspects of the death current, you know? Death current series for the go. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm going to wrap this up, and until next time, Starlights, Ave Babylon. <laughs>